allows us to tell stories about the human condition. Isaac Asimov once said, individual science fiction stories may seem as trivial as ever to the blinder critics and philosophers of today. But the core of science fiction, its essence has become crucial to our salvation. Tell me how many lights you see. Yeah! Oh! Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Hertzog. And good evening, I am Miles B. McLaughlin. And I am Dave Sellers. Listen to the energy coming out in Dave. It's pretty awesome, isn't it? <laughs> That's the beer talking. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of energy. Speaking of energy. So uh, we are looking forward to, in a month, having Chrissy back with us. Her winter shelter should be over. Thankfully, she has not had COVID at all. And Em, of course, uh, had oral, uh, I guess, dental work done, and she was uh, her mouth was numb. And we could have had her on; it would have been a very entertaining show. But she decided not to come on. So, oh, that's- you got you got numb tongue, numb yeah. tongue, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. Uh, yes. The only time you'll hear me quote Star Trek 2009. Is that your favorite line in the whole movie? It really is, because it's the only one I quote anymore. It's his favorite favorite movie in the entire franchise, so don't let him fool you. Look, look, let's not get too deep, all right? I mean, (laughs) your eyes are already brown enough as it is. Got it. Have you have you stared into my eyes recently? No. Tell, no. Me, tell me what color my eyes are. Well, I can't see. I'm looking through a computer screen. To me, they look dark. <laughs> yes. No. I have blue eyes. Blue eyes. No, not right now. That comment, you're full of it. They're turning brown. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, so tonight, if you've been following us, you know that every other show, we kind of come on and we talk a little bit about Trek. We've been reviewing the, the Star Trek pilots uh, talking about what we liked about them, how they impacted us, how they either made us want to watch the rest of the series or made us want to hang up our hat. And uh, we are really close to the end. We have Picard, which we're doing tonight, and then Star Trek Lower Decks, which we'll be doing probably in uh, about a month or something like that, probably toward the beginning of April is kind of the idea. So, But yeah, so that's kind of uh, where we're headed. After that, we're going to be still doing pilots, but we're going to kind of uh, stray away from Trek. So if you don't like the Trek pilots and you've kind of stuck with us, we will be doing other things in a little bit. And speaking about other things, let's find out a little bit before we talk about that, what's going on in our sci-fi world. And Miles, why don't you go ahead and uh, fill us in? Sure. So... Um, I am enjoying the new Superman and Lois show on uh, the CW. It's a really interesting take on the Superman story. Um, it's the same actor who played Superman in the uh, Supergirl show. And, and the same actress played Lois Lane as well. But I think this might be a different timeline because what's happening in this show doesn't really meet up with what's going on in Supergirl. Uh, they have uh, two twin sons, 15 years old, and it's, you know, it's it, it's a, it, it's Superman trying to deal with being a father 
um, uh, dealing with loss, dealing with the job loss. Uh, but uh, I saw that pilot. Pilot was very good. It's, it sucked me in. I'm also started watching the second episode. I thought I think that one's pretty. I'm, I'm liking that so far. Um, watching also on the CW um, uh, Black Lightning. I'm also enjoying um, uh, Resident Alien on the Sci-Fi Channel, and this show has renewed my faith in the Sci-Fi Channel. This show is just delightful. Uh, Alan Tudyk is is fantastic. Uh, even the uh, supporting characters it, it, a lot of humor but there's also a lot of heart in what's going on with people in this town and everything And um, I, I don't want to give, give it away but listeners if you haven't given Resident Alien uh, a chance I strongly recommend it it's, it, it's just great uh, also watching um, a show on the HBO Max uh, channel called uh, uh, Raised by Wolves um, about uh, these two androids that uh, are raising uh, humans on this planet, and then they meet up with another faction of humans, and them them dealing with that. So, um, reading of this this time travel book called uh, Thirty Thousand BC, and uh, I'm enjoying that. So that's what's going on in my sci-fi world right now. Cool. That is awesome. That's awesome, Dave. Yeah. How about you? Oh, let's see. Um, I've been listening to Star Trek Agents of Influence um, off and on here when I've had the time for the audio books. Um, it's, it's kept my interest pretty well. I, I'm enjoying it very much. I like the, the TOS novels like that. And I know, Miles, you've read this before and talked about Dayton how good Ward. it was. Yeah, Dayton Wards. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Really, really enjoying it. Um uh been playing Star Trek online still off and on a bit the uh the new update i guess the new couple of story episodes in this uh latest arc they're doing is uh, are, are pretty neat um bringing in some of discovery area klingons into the the Star Trek online timeline universe um it's fun getting to see robert o'reilly's gowron come back and him voicing characters he just never gets old for me (laughs) cool uh that's a lot of fun um i've been watching stargate sg1 again i I made the mistake one night of just turning it on on netflix just to have something on in the background and that was weeks ago (laughs) and i just keep it sucks me right back in again, watching it all. Um, more of on a on a nerd kind of a techie nerd. I just got a new set of earbuds yesterday that finally showed up after they were lost in the wonderful delivery system that it is. Um, got a pair of Raycon Pro wireless earbuds. I'll tell you what, I've never been a fan of the ones that you just stick in your ear with no cord or anything hanging out because they're always falling out of my head. These things, RayconUSA.com or RayconGlobal.com, something like that. Just Google it. You'll find it. They are the best set of headphones I've ever bought. You can run them each individually at different times. I only carry one in my ear. Low profile, stayed in my head all day. It was terrific. That's awesome. But the I found a treasure the other, but since I've been on here last and we've talked about this, when they started demoing the one half of the school last summer, 
one of my guys found something and left it in my office that I had completely forgotten about until a few weeks ago when I got moved out of my office because they're tearing it down. And someone left it a classroom. Maybe it was yours, Scott. I don't even know. This tall poster I'm holding here, it says, All I need to know about life I learned from Star Trek. <laughs> Framed with a glass front. It's got a little chip out of the corner of it, but I don't know whose it was, but they left it behind, and now it's going to be hanging in my new office. With there you go. I uh, No, that's not mine. I, I That was not in my room. So I didn't think it was. But, I don't know whose that was, but hey, I love aw- it. That's awesome. That's awesome. But yeah, I think that's been really the bulk of it. I got that Resident Alien show on my list to watch. I just, for some reason, just haven't jumped into it yet. And everybody who's seen it has been telling me how great it is. So I, I, I got to get around to starting that up. I watched the first two episodes and that's it, but I really enjoyed it. Miles, yeah. uh, how many episodes are out now? Which shows this? Resident Alien. Um, I think they're up to four episodes now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and WandaVision. I can't forget WandaVision. Oh, yeah. Caught oh, yeah. up with that finally. Yeah. That's, that's been interesting. Yeah. Enjoyable, but interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've been, uh, we're watching that too. I'm actually an episode behind. And by the time this is out, the show will be finished. Um, and we will watch, we're going to watch the last two episodes together, but, uh, I wrote, uh, Chris into watching it and, uh, she's enjoyed it because of the, the throwbacks to the different eras of television. Um, that's what, that's what sucked her in. And then we had to explain all the MCU universe to her, which she had no clue because she didn't watch any of those movies with us. Um, Dave, I wanted to ask you, you know, so you're watching Stargate, right? Don't yeah. you miss the era of 20 episode seasons? Oh, so much. I mean, so much. I, 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 I get the air. I, I get the shorter seasons, you know, curse of short attention span, but also the fact that it really cuts some of the fluff out. But some of those fluff episodes were just as fun as anything in the mythology of it. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, as an example, I just finished Wormhole Extreme, (laughs) that episode, where they're making that mockery TV show. And that, that is just so... It's just so funny, so enjoyable. Well, that and, op- that opens a sci-fi diner. That's where that dialogue comes from, that episode. Yeah. yeah. I got to listen to the opening again. Yeah, do you skip the opening? Generally. Yeah, so, but there's a, uh, it's, it's like, you know, it talks about the importance of science fiction. Yeah. Uh, and Teal'c, or Teal'c's alter ego is explaining it to, like, to the camera, and but it's in Wormhole Extreme. That's its only line the whole episode, but it's one of the most best lines in that show. Yeah, I miss that kind of writing. Like, well, not really, I don't miss that kind of writing because it happens all the time, too. But just in that show, just, just the one liners, just the, 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 just the little bits of humor that Richard Dean Anderson spins into things and the way they, the, those four play off of each other. Is 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 just fun. I mean, I've got uh, when I get a voicemail on my phone, it's Richard Dean Anderson going, "Oh, for crying out loud!" <laughs> it's it's just awesome. fun. Yeah, 
Yeah, and that show just had a chemistry that very few shows did, and it like even the, and I've enjoyed the other Starcade. Like I enjoyed Atlantis, you know, mm-hmm. and um, you know I enjoyed the different incarnations, uh, even the universe. But but the show that really had that the 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 whimsical batter, the the banter, excuse me, back and forth. Um, the one-liners, it was really SG-1 that really carried that. And and you grew to love the characters and all their different idiosyncrasies that kind of made them over their 10 seasons. It was incredible. Oh, yeah. So. And I didn't get into that show until very late. And even then, I never watched it. I never watched it live. And I ended up buying years ago the all 10 seasons on DVD off of eBay. And watched it through. I didn't know that that show, for the majority of its run, was on uh, uh, behind a paywall. It wasn't. On, it wasn't on a cable network. I forget how long it ran into it, but it, it started on like HBO, I think. No, I think it wasn't it Showtime. Was it Showtime? Well, it was Showtime. Maybe Showtime. Yeah, yeah it was Showtime. one of those. Yeah. And then watching it again, I couldn't believe it how tame it was for being on a channel like that well it only was there if i recall correctly only for like a seat like two or three seasons well it wasn't the whole oh, really line. i yeah. thought it was a lot longer than it that. shifted to miles did it shift to sci-fi is that where it ended up at i'm trying to remember um i didn't watch it when it first came out either I'm, i was late into it also but um i want to say yeah, after, after it was eight. it was sci-fi or it was Fox, and I don't remember which one. Well, it had yeah. to be sci-fi because it wasn't canceled after the first season when it came on there. Well, so. no, but it didn't start. It started. It started <laughs> Showtime, and then it was ported over to another one, and they just continued it. It was. Yeah, but uh, we could look it up, but not the big yeah, deal. Sci-Fi channel kept it going. Yeah, yeah, well, that's cool. Yeah. And season yeah. one, I mean, for 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 being a subscription service. I mean, most of the material was tame, but the the pilot episode. Well, yeah, that was that was that definitely was was meant for subscription cable service. That one and um, had a few swear words, but nothing too bad. I mean, yeah. In the pilot, no, there was more In than the, swear, I, I, there was more than there's swear nudity. words. There's oh, nudity. I was alluding to that earlier. Yeah. yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Uh, but that's that's the episode I watched the most. I'm just kidding. So. <laughs> <laughs> You and um, most uh, men of uh, blood, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, so you know the reason I bring that up, Dave, is that so one of the things that uh, Keith and I are doing is we're working our way through the X Files, um, oh, yeah. and we are at episode twenty three in season one, and we aren't done yet. You know, it's just like, and you're like, this is awesome, like, and. and and the the one liners the, the I for I forgot some of those episodes. Uh, I was just I, I don't know if I was, I was explaining who I was explaining it to, but I forgot that that Brad Dorn, the guy that plays uh, Worm Tongue in uh, in Lord of the Rings, is in one of the episodes of the first season, and he's absolutely incredible in it. Um, and he's and it was just it's fantastic. It is, you know. And so I, I we're, we're we're just really so that's one of the things I'm guess this is you know what's going on in my sci-fi world. This is one of the things that's going on. We're watching that, uh, watching Wandavision, uh, as as I alluded to earlier. 
last the past two nights we watched The Martian with Matt Damon. The book oh, yeah. the book is absolutely phenomenal. The movie was good and it it was good watching it again and my, Kristen and Kristen enjoys it because of Matt Damon. Especially that scene where she sees him walk out of the shower naked. Um and uh I'm shocked. Yes, yes. And then um and then uh and then, but but it was good. It was a good it was a good movie. It's not as good as the book. I highly recommend it. if you've never read the book, read the book. The book is awesome. But uh the the movie was good. And then other than that, I'm not uh I'm not watching a whole lot. I mean, I watched Picard obviously in prep for the show. Um but I'm not watching a lot. I watched Resident Alien, the first two episodes of it. Um I I've heard a lot of talk about debris. I think that just started. Yes. And I don't I did, I did did anyone watch it? Miles, did you watch that? I forgot to say, yeah, I did watch it. It's interesting. I'm going to give it another... Uh, so tell me about go. the premise of it, because I actually didn't look it up or pay attention to this. So there's an alien spaceship that um, part parts of it have crashed onto Earth, and all these pieces of the ship sort of have um, properties that mess with things. Um, and there's a joint British uh, American um, task force going after these pieces because they're, they're creating problems wherever they go. Uh, there's, there's this woman in this hotel. She's a maid. She picks up the piece and she phases through several floors of the hotel and falls to her death. Um, there's other pieces that um, are cause, causing problems. Uh, problems and so they're trying to keep this, this task force is trying to keep the um keep it quiet and, but also retrieve the debris from and from causing problems and for i guess people finding out that there's an alien spaceship that uh kind of crashed all over the earth so are you are you going to keep watching it i'm going to give the second the first episode i thought was pretty good i'm going to give the second episode uh, ago, um, yeah. So far, yeah. So far, I'm interested. Yeah. Good. Good. Mm-hmm. What well, What did you think of uh, Resident Alien? Me. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> Alan Tudyk at his best, at his worst, is good. And this is one of these. He he is the perfect guy to cast for this character, a character that's trying to figure out what it's like to be human, and it's. It's some pretty fantastic Alan Tudyk, um, uh, just buffoonery that's going on, and but you know it's an alien that's trying to figure out what it's like to live among humans. At the same time, he's all out to destroy humanity, and you know, but he's stranded on the planet he was sent to destroy. It's kind of so that's kind of like the subplot, but the real the real story is. You know he's ma- he's trying to masquerade as a human and doing it terribly, and it is absolutely hilarious. Um, it's a it, it's hilarious, but in the process, he's connecting with humanity in a unique way, and people are somehow able to look past his quirkiness. So I uh, they just think he's creepy and weird. Yeah. Um, 
but he's good. I mean, it's 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 funny, it's humorous, and I can't wait to continue watching it. So good, good. Yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying it too. Yeah, and Dave, I think you'll enjoy it if you enjoyed Firefly and the character Awash. This is oh yeah, this is more. It's it reminds me a little bit of Wash. It's not the same character. It definitely yeah. doesn't remind me of his character in Dollhouse. If you saw Dollhouse, his character there was just creepy. Yeah. Uh, but but this is the uh, it was it's been neat to see him return to, to the Sci-Fi Channel in this way. So cool. And get, give him make him the lead. Uh, yes. You know, make him the protagonist and just let him do his thing. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing that I'm uh, in my sci-fi world is I'm reading a book called uh, it's it's part of the Babaverse series. It's by Dennis E. Taylor, and this reminds me of Ready Player One a little bit. Uh, in that, you know, in Ready Player One, there's all these allusions to all this geek culture. Well, this this is a story of a guy that gets his brain cryogenically frozen uh, and then is brought back a hundred years later, but he's a geek and a scientist. Um, and he's basically put into a von Neumann probe, which is sent out to explore the galaxy. And then he replicates himself. But every time he replicates himself, they, they rename themselves. So it's not like the guy's name's Bob. So the entire series is called the Bobiverse. Um but the main character is Bob, and then all the all, all the people that he re- that replicates that he when he doubles himself, they take on new names, and so there's there's Riker running around, uh, there's Homer from Homer Simpson, uh, there's all sorts of geek references, and they actually speak speak like him, and then there's Hugh Hughes running around, um, and so. There's, but it's not just Trek references. It's references to Star Star Wars, uh, Tolkien. Um, it's uh, references to a, a series. Um, oh, Expeditionary Force, the uh, se- book series. There's a reference to that. So if you're paying attention, it's not as overt as Ready Player One, but they're but they're littered throughout, and so it's 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 kind of, it is neat. So. So I'm enjoying cool. it. There's four books in it. I think there's only four right now, and I'm almost through the fourth one. And I think there's probably another two slated. So, cool. Yep. Well, enough about us. Let's. Uh, why don't we head into Picard a little bit? And uh, do you want to give us a little bit of a preamble as to what happened in this first episode, and then uh, we'll get rolling? Yes. So the episode is called Remembrance. 14 years after retiring from Starfleet, Jean-Luc Picard, still haunted by the death of Data, is living a quiet life on his family vineyard when a woman comes to him for help. Oh, that's uh, short and sweet. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah. so did you So did you both kind of rewatch it to kind of uh, talk about it tonight? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Was it, was it, was, was yeah. that, I bet that was, I bet it was like twisting your arm. You're like, I got to do this for the diner. Uh, fine. I'll go watch Picard, even though like. I'm still hurt, Scott. You know, so so what was it like going back and watching Picard? And uh, let's start with you, Dave. 
it, it's that beautiful, warm feeling of the excitement of something new and yet the comfort of something familiar. Seeing him again, reprising this role. It, it, it's been good, especially at that point after what two seasons of Discovery and the the JJ garbage before that. Yet, and seeing something I loved that I recognized in this universe coming back to life. It's it was a little and still is here a, a little different and almost sad, and knowing that you know the man's old. He, right. He's aged. He's aged very well, but he's aged. And seeing him in an an elder role like that, with that character as an elder like that, and, and not the same spry Picard that I, I grew up with. Right. It, it was it was a bit to get used to, but hearing him. And watching this character, especially when he did, when he's doing that interview, and then throughout the rest of the of the season, how he's interacting, you know, it's still the same Picard at heart, still that same core. Um, I, I love the way they brought Data back into it. I love how they work, how how they're working. They're working that 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 angle into it, and seeing Picard dealing still with the death of his his friend and the sacrifice he made. It's the, the, out of all the Trek shows that have come out, this was the one I've been the most excited for, and I, I'm I'm still excited for season two just to see how they where they go with it. Yeah, I you know what I would agree with that, and I like. I like it, the anticipation of something fresh, but the the fact that it's the the welcoming of something that familiar. You know, it was and it was. You see you see Picard, you know, in the vineyard and when he speaks about the ideals of Starfleet, you see the the nobleness that still exists. Um and the jadedness that he feels towards Starfleet of, of the loss, if you will, yeah. of of the ideal to let you know that he's a man of principle, and because he's a man of principle, that would not allow him to serve a Starfleet that no longer upheld the ideals that he lived with. And um, it is a thing it is it is a thing that is, that made Picard throughout Next Generation. A man of principle, a man of ideals, uh, imperfect at times, but nonetheless, whose heart was always to do the right things by all species, all people, and by Starfleet. And you just, and and you, and and and, and you just don't. And even though the show itself, and you know, throughout its season, had its dark, had had its dark moments. The moments that, that you know that always brought me back to the show were were those uh, were, were Ricard in the midst of all of it, trying to do the right thing. Yeah, and and, and dealing with that, what what I really I could only describe as a sense of betrayal 
I mean, he he was he was Mister Starfleet. He was Captain Starfleet. I mean, just the prim proper captain. We talked about that before. I talked about that before. The the prim proper by the book ish captain. The the example and to have all of that tarnished for himself and and forcing his hand to leave because it, it just it was not what he embodied. I, I, can, I can't imagine how that would feel to believe in something so hard that and then have it turn its back on you in a sense. So there's got to be a level of, of personal feeling there. Again, it's personal, right? Personal angst there. It'd be nice if Chrissy was here to talk about that aspect of it. Oh, I'm sure there'd be a great psychology uh, lesson behind all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Miles, uh, tell me, you, you went back and rewatched this again, and um, what was it like revisiting this? I, I, the show's not all that old, but what was it like revisiting it? What what drew you into this series? Well, I, I, first, I agree with everything that you and, and Dave just said for the reasons you said it. Um, I would add, because of my dissatisfaction with uh, Star Trek Nemesis, I always felt that the Next Generation crew didn't get the proper send-off. Um, and um, the, mo- the movie tanked, and... This is around the time that Star Trek was kind of on the, de- you know, the decline. Um, Enterprise was still on, but um, ratings were very shaky, and the acceptance of the show was um, mixed at best. And to see them like maybe try to give the next generation crew and maybe even just Picard a chance to uh, give him a proper send off by giving him like one more mission or whatever. Uh, I, I, I was hopeful and optimistic that they would do it right. And that, uh, and this was, it was interesting Picard leaving Starfleet and have not having been Starfleet for 14 years, but was interesting and in trying to find his way back. I, I love the opening scene. The opening scene was very powerful. Um, so one of the few good things in Nemesis was data seeing, singing blue skies and they're playing a, a rendition of that. And, there's a recreation of the 10 forward lounge of the enterprise D and he and data are playing uh, poker and they're bantering. They're, um, they're, they're, they're uh, ha- having a little fun with each other. And then, you know, Picard ha- has this moment where, you know, he just pauses and, and, and data is like saying, why are you stalling? He goes, I just don't want the game to end. And he, it's a dream. You could tell it's a dream just by kind of, it's the Enterprise D, uh, but it doesn't matter. It's a very sweet, lovely scene of him just sitting across his one of his best friends, and he's playing cards with them, and very powerful way to open it. And then Mars blows up and uh, blows the ship up, so they, they really hit the ground running with the first um, first uh, first few minutes of the show. Uh, but so that, that you know that that was one thing I was hopeful and optimistic about was that we. The character of Picard and, and maybe even the next generation crew would get a, a proper send off that they didn't get with Nemesis. Yeah. So, I mean, since we're talking about that, so we've all watched the first season. How do you feel they did with that? Do you feel like the 
Star Trek crew, the Next Generation crew, got a proper send-off. Maybe not in the individual episode, like not all together at the same time, but maybe throughout the series, did they get a proper send-off? My favorite parts of season one were when they brought in Next Gen crew. I mean, it was great to see Jerry Ryan again playing seven of nine. That was awesome. I got giddy when I saw Hugh. But when the episode finally came up where that Riker and Troy were in, oh, I, I, I was I was beside myself with joy just seeing those three again together. And, and where I, I don't feel like it, they got I still don't feel like they got the send-off they deserved, but Picard did. It was good to see Riker and Troy settled down, had kids, enjoyed their family as much as they could. Um, still don't know what happened to Geordi. Still don't know what happened to, to the Crushers. Worf, we kind of knew what happened with a little bit since he was on DS9 and everything, but... Uh, yeah, there there was a bit that was still felt missing. Yeah. Um, you mentioned those moments. Yeah. You mentioned those moments, and I think one of my favorite moments is, of course, and this isn't the pilot that we're talking about, but you know when they're sitting outside at the picnic table with the brick oven pizza being made. You know, it's just that entire conversation is surreal, and it's like being, it's like family, and um, the conversations are just. It's there, and yes, there were other moments like in the end when Riker shows up with Starfleet. It's just like what, you know? <laughs> it was it was just beautiful to see him in that role. But but the, but the part that that makes it is those 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 intimate moments that where they are the family that they've always been, and you see them exhibiting. And you're right, there were. I think if there's any complaints for the first season, maybe there's more than that, but if there's any complaints that I had is that you didn't see Jordy. You didn't see, you know, Crusher, you know? And so there's, there, there's definitely some pieces missing, but we, that, we have season two, right? And, you know, yes, who, yes. Who, who knows what's going to happen in season two with that. Because Jordy is still a mystery to me. Leading up to this show, they released a four-issue comic series, kind of a, a, a lead-in. Um, you met Picard's two Romulan friends and how he got to know them and everything. That's but right. Jordy was Jordy was a director of some sorts at Utopia Planitia on Mars. After Mars was attacked, did Jordy escape? Is he still alive? I don't know. Right. But that'd be an interesting find out. Well, do they ever, they, they, I mean, we never really, only in flashbacks do we go to Mars throughout the series. Right. So we're never there and they never really deal with that attack. Right. Not really. Well, they, well, they, well we will see later on the attack happening and we'll see the yeah. android. Right, yeah, but it's a flashback. It's not. It's not like we're dealing with it in the current time. It's an event that's happened in the past. Yes. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. But right, yeah, you see a lot of it here. 
I've actually got it on the other screen right now, the beginning of episode three, where they're they're going through a lot of what happened, and you're seeing the, the, the synth ships going through and zapping and blasting and blowing everything up. But yeah, you never really, you never get a full picture. Do they ever answer in the series, because I forget, why the synth ships attack Mars? Yeah, they were. Uh, were they hacked by the uh, Romulans? Yeah, yeah, by okay. the, uh, the Zadvash or whatever they call yeah. themselves okay. there. Yeah, the Zadvash. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I, I think for the many reasons that both of you said, I've, you know, this is. I was more excited about this show than I was Discovery. Um. And as as we talked about in the show, I did go back and I watched I watched season three of Discovery, then I watched season one and two, and it's good in its own right, and it's fresh, especially season three is fresh and new. Uh, but this is a Star Trek. There, there's a there. This is there's a nostalgia in this Star Trek, even though it's new and it's not as hopeful and bright and episodic perhaps as next generation was there's a sense of i've missed the regalness of picard in in tv shows in general like i can't like maybe admiral adama in battlestar galactica is maybe the closest you get to that sort of regality um but it's different like there's just a different that e- that English regalness you get this almost a product of the aristocracy, um, but who has this heart of wanting to do the right thing. It's just I, I I miss that you don't have that in TV shows like that. So no, no, you don't. Yeah. So. Uh, the episode. How did you? How did you feel this episode set up the uh, series? Miles, why don't you start with this one? I, I think it did a pretty good job. Like I said, it, it, it kind of hit the ground running. We we we, we start off with. Um, I think I think the first um, we find out she's an android played by I'm not sure if I pronounce her name right, uh, Issa. Briones, um, she plays a, you know, Dodge slash Soji. I think Soji was the first android we, uh, we saw of her, but we this we see what what's going to be a big part of it is androids are being pursued by this Romulan sect, and Picard feels like he has an obligation to try to to help her. Um, We'll see that throughout the rest of the, you know, Picard's going to be an advocate for Android rights. Um, and we'll also see um, the Romulans, you know, what's, what's going on with the Romulans. The Romulans lost their world to uh, their, their, their son going supernova. Um, two characters. I really like new characters. We see uh, Laris and uh, Zavin, uh, these, these Romulans that Picard has kind of adopted and live with him at his uh, his winery. Um, you know, we, they, they'll inform a lot of what his actions will be going forward. It's 
so yeah, I think I think the pilot, as far as a Star Trek pilot, is one of the more solid pilots out there. I mean, as far as setting up how the rest of the series is going to go, we know he's going to, you know, tr- he, he can't he can't say he can't save this android girl. We find out at the end, spoiler, uh, but uh, he could save her sister, her twin sister, and so he goes. So yes, this 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 sets things up for what he's going to try to do. He feels like he's got one more mission left in him, and um, we it, this episode informs very well, I think, where where it's going to go. Awesome, yeah, Dave. How about you? Oh, I, I agree entirely. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I felt that there were some points where especially through the, the, the middle stands of everything um, that there are a few episodes where it, it felt like it got slow and you're, you're seeing the previews for the next, you know, for, you know, coming up on Star Trek Picard at the ends and the next episode doesn't even really include a lot of that. Okay. I felt you're thinking, you're thinking of the, you're thinking of the episode with Riker when they say, Oh right, my right. gosh, and, and you're like, for like three weeks. I know that you're like <laughs> waiting and he's like, not coming on. Like, where's Riker? Yeah. Where is this? This is, this is a bunch of garbage. Um, <laughs> but other than that, yeah, I mean, it, it, it felt out real good. Now I got a question for the two of you and maybe it's just me. But the two Romulan sleeper agents there, the one that was on the board cube and his sister who was disguised in Star in, in Starfleet there under Commodore Yo or whatever her name was, did they give off a slightly less incestuous um Cersei Jamie Lannister vibe? <laughs> It was, or was that just me? <laughs> you're not the only one who thought that. I, okay. Uh, yeah, and, and I'm glad they didn't push that too much. I was like, um, right. We don't. Yeah. Uh, it was. It was borderline. There was a little overtone. Maybe they kind of teased it a little, but they pulled back. I think, which was good. Which was good. Which was good. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I would. Yeah, say, I, mean, I, I thought it set it up real well. Yeah. And I would say that 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 I that I felt those echoes as well, but they just really didn't play it. They didn't play it. No. So. No. But, which is good. Yeah. But yeah. But it was. Uh, I mean, seeing the Borg cube again was very oh. cool. And they made it. And again, they made it feel. Ominous, dangerous, and, and to, to a level of, of to a level of terrifying compared to what Voyager did with the board. They brought it back to this is something to be feared a bit, mm-hmm. right? Which I, I, which really made me feel good, yeah, because it needed that. And then watching Seven get herself hooked up to that thing and her eyes go all black and oh, you take, yeah, that, that was just kind of cool. That was pretty <laughs> awesome, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, and I agree. You know, yeah. There was a, the Borg have always been the species that have been sinister, right? You just, you know, it was the worst thing when, you know, Picard became the cutest, right? You, you just have that, 
Um, and even that idea is playing into who Picard is today, you know, and, and so them bringing back the Borg, Borg, it's not just fan service. Like the Borg became an, an intricate part of this storyline. And it's an intricate part of who Picard is in this timeline. And I guess in a very real way, you know, the, the storyline of this series. Oh yeah. So, yeah, absolutely, it it is certainly, and he 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 had done a very good job over the years of integrating that part into his character, especially with you know, with the scars that he had from it, both mentally and and everything. That it really became, like I said, a part of who he was. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so, so Picard, let's talk a little, I want to talk about Picard himself. We have a man that's been changed by 14 years since he's left Starfleet. Right. Um, and, uh, and he's in, it's in some senses a broken man. And also we find out a man who is in the twilight of his life. He has a health condition that is, they cannot repair. Right. Um, and there's all these things. I, how did you feel about the character of Picard? Uh, if you want to do a comparison between next gen and Picard, you can, or if you want to look at it just in the series here, he is, a, he is the show's front runner in a sense. Um, how does he, how does he do with this? Well, it was an interesting choice to have him, resign from Starfleet and kind of go into self-imposed exile and, you know, work, work his family's vineyard and make wine. Um, but I thought what was interesting was that he kind of adopted these two other Romulans. They could sort of become part of his family and they look after him. They kind of like his, uh, his kids in a way they look after their old, you know, their, their elderly father. Right. And kind of had that kind of feel to it. Um, that was kind of, you know, that was kind of, you know, a nice, that was, that was a nice relationship you see between Picard and these two characters. Um, but it's also, it's, it's interesting what gets him back to wanting to go back out there. You know, he, he sees this, this Android girl and, and she's, she looks like the picture of a, a paint from the painting that uh, data painted. And so he feels like he has a, obligation to data to try to help this girl also it's interesting what gets him back into the game it's interesting that um that 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 we also see him frail and 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 fragile you know he's not you know as dave dave said he's not picard of old i mean even though picard was older he can still kick butt and take names and he this Picard, he's, he, he's, you know, he's in the twilight of his, you know, of his life. He, he does have a fatal illness that so we'll find out later. And, but he, he's got one more mission in him, but, but, but they, they show that, you know, this, our, our hero is, uh, has, has his limitations and right. he will, he, he, you know, they, they embrace it. They, and, and, this, and so that's why he has to, 
go the lengths he has to go to uh, try to try to perform this one last mission. And, and Patrick Stewart plays an aging Picard brilliantly. What you wouldn't expect nothing less from 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 Sir Patrick Stewart, but but he's not afraid to let show show Picard in his frailties in, in this uh, show. Right, right. It, it, it looks like he, he he's suffering from. It looks like to me anyway. It looks like he's suffering from what I would imagine a lot of people do at a certain point. Um, I, I know I, I've had a lot of people I know who've who've retired after working for so long. Um, I got a guy now who works for me who just turned 80 years old, he's still working here and he, he's talking about retiring. I know he's, he struggled. I, I, I'm pretty sure he struggles with it a little bit. And I see with Picard when he left Starfleet that he's lost his sense of purpose and how that would drive you inward a bit. And the one quote he had in here about, you know, spending his time, you know, talking about history and, and really just that nobody cares to remember and, and not living. He's just waiting to die. And then in comes what looks like Data's daughter. And all of a sudden now he's filled with a new purpose. Right. And, and that watching him g- regain that spark that he once had and that drive and knowing that, okay, this might be it especially after his terminal diagnosis or whatever. And this is it. If I'm going out, I'm going out my way. I'm not just sitting around a vineyard and wait counting the days. And and it's, this is almost like a mini redemption story for him in some ways. Right. And it's just really good to see. Now, the, the, the previous captain of the enterprise died once brought back to life to die a hero again let's you know this one died he died being a hero they brought him back to life we'll see how long it takes him to die again as a hero <laughs> right. right and hopefully not when his batteries run out yeah it's uh it's it is i i agree with what both of you have said i mean there is a sense, but again, I, we mentioned him being. A, I mentioned that he was a man of principle. You see, you see that just in the way he carries himself, and even in the vineyard. I think the interview is so telling. Uh, the interview is a perfect way to kind of give us a little bit of a a backstory of what's happened to Picard, um, in a way that's you know kind of plays in with the idea of Romulans and the synthetics and you understand all of that, right? Um, It is a, I I don't know. I, I think that you mentioned the show felt slow and I think it does in some episodes, but this is, if I'm going to see Picard come back, this is a great story to have Picard come back. Oh, absolutely. You know, I just, there's just, absolutely. yeah, there, there's this great, uh, it's, it's, and all the, the, the actors, the Romulans, the people that were surrounding him, like they all support that character very well. So and until he goes to a Romulan colony, 
that he was involved with from the beginning, and they absolutely had no time for him at all. And it's it's interesting later later on in the season, having him catch the, the backside of this from Romulans who felt that they were betrayed by him, and how he tries to move on, I guess, a little bit past that, but you really don't get a lot of a, a lot of time with it because his little you know, his little uh, elf ninja friend takes a guy's head off. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, it, it, it's it's interesting to see the dynamic on both sides of that story and how he is he's unfortunately stuck in the middle and in a really, really bad place. Right. Yeah. And, and you see him grieving what happened on Mars, not understanding what caused it, but grieving the loss of it. Um, yeah. So I, we mentioned we mentioned uh, Issa Briones. I think it's the way Dodge and Soji. Um, are there other standout characters in this episode? I mean, obviously for us, Picard is the standout character, but are there other people that are also kind of there that are stand out for you? Well, I mentioned them a few times in this episode. The, the characters of uh, Laris and uh, Zabin those uh, Romulans that Picard adopts and they adopt him. I think uh, they're brilliant. I love these people. I wish we saw more of them, but um, they were, you know, they were used well throughout these first few episodes and used very well in this episode. It, it shows that Picard, you know, to have the enemy living in his home, you know, it's just that, you know, it shows he, the kind of guy person he still is. He, he, he sees past, you know, um, uh, you know, he, he, he sees people as, as people, not just, not, not, not his enemy. And, um, obviously them two have a, those three, they have, they, they have some kind of a very profound relationship for, for them, for Picard to take them in like that. Um, th- so they stand, they stand out to me in this episode. And not just Romulans, they were Tal Shiar. Like, like they, they were, Romulan secret police. I mean, they, they were in Trek. They were the bad guys. Yeah. Is this, and, is this and, the first series that we really see the Tal Shiar really explored? I mean, I'm sure it's been, um, I'm sure it's been explored not, in no. books, but. No, I mean, Council, the first I remember hearing of the Tal Shiar was uh, the next gen episode when Counselor Troy was turned into a Romulan and put on that ship to help get those uh, those Romulan senators who were defecting to the Federation over. Yeah. But I mean like Major an over I just mean like an overarching storyline though. This is the first time we really kind of explore them. <laughs> yeah, but we yeah. Had, I mean D Space Nine that, that that we've had Tel Shiar um, characters. There was a mm-hmm. Tel Shiar um, Obsidian Order uh, jo- joint task force to try to take out the Dominion, and so we saw them in D Space Nine. We see him again in another episode of D Space Nine. Bashir interacts with. Um, oh, he might have been the 
in charge of the Telshiar. So we kind of know, we know who the Telshiar really are at this point. But we've never really explored or had a, a long-standing character that was of that group through, in through any kind of, in multiple episodes. Yeah. 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 Well, I felt like they really do a good job. The actors do a great job of portraying this sinister, conniving, willing to go at all lengths to accomplish her purposes. I, I thought they did well with it. Mm-hmm. But what did you think of? So obviously, you know, part of it is, oh, Data's back. We all love Data. How did you feel Brett Spiner did bringing this character of data back and capturing what we remember about data. Besides getting fatter. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, he's, he's, I I think the CGI, they did the best they could trying to make Mm -hmm. him look 20 years younger because it's been 20 years, almost 20 years since nemesis. Um, but I, I loved the conversations with him and Picard, especially the opening scene. I, I just, it's just a great scene between them playing cards and, and, and bantering and uh, um, busting each other's balls a little. Um, mm-hmm. But um, so I thought it was good use of data. I mean, we're, you know, this, this, this will, this will be a way to wrap up data's story throughout for the series. Right. Um, but, it was enjoyable. Yeah, his his portrayal in them, even though it wasn't a whole lot, it almost feels like Brett Spiner never broke stride in in the twenty year gap from the time he played him. I mean, the 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 the, the cadence of his speech, the the physical, the mannerisms, body language, the mannerisms. Yeah. It. it it, it it flowed for me really, really well. It's like he never, never stopped playing it, which was great. Which yeah, was great. I would agree. Like, it felt like it was just like he was just channeling the data we all knew. Yeah. Um, yeah. The whole conversation about his tells, you know, during the poker, poker game is very data like, yeah. right? Uh, it's a it's a, it's a quirkiness that made data data, right? Uh, but I do feel like you know by the end of the series, we at the end of this first season, I feel like we're done with data, unless I'm going to be surprised. Well, no, I mean they they they, they seem to have ended him right in a very way that fully. It, yeah, in a, in, a, in a way that's respectful, unless they do flashbacks. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. But which was nice see, to. See. We can see Brent Spiner playing another character, which you know he seems to be willing to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's played a bunch. It's been, mm-hmm. and they've all been great. <laughs> um, but yeah, just even, but even then, even at the end, with data, with data actually fully dying right and and watching him almost finally make that that human journey right where he's he's aware enough that just wants to he wants to he wants to die he wants to be done he wants to experience that and 
be no more. It, it was very the way they did it. It, w- it was very it was very touching. Brought a tear to my eye. As only Trek can do. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Well, I, I you know I I agree I agree with that. Um, did he play other than Data? Did he play any other characters in this series? Well, in Enterprise, he played. No, I'm talking uh, of, uh, talking about. I know in other series he did, but in Picard, he plays uh, uh, Noonien Sung's son in the last two episodes. Oh yes, which argu- which arguably is Data, right? In some ways, arguably yes. But. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, what else do you guys want to talk about? Uh, what stuck out to you in the show in this in this in this episode here? I thought there were some great lines in this. Uh, so I, I had a few quotes here. Uh, After so long, sometimes I worry you've forgotten what you did, who you are. And this is from Laris, one of the Romulans. She says, uh, "We have not." Um, and in the interview, which 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 Dave. And you alluded to it, which was a great conversation, great exposition, and kind of just get, told us where Picard was at this time. Uh, so Picard says the Federation understood there were millions of lives at stake. And the, the interviewer says Romulan lives. And, no, and Picard says no lives. So it's, <laughs> you know, it's, it, uh, you, you see where people in the world are. You know, you know, yeah, these people are still the enemy. Yeah, I mean, yes, their world is is going to be destroyed soon, but you know, th- these people have been our enemy for the last two hundred years, and so do we really, really want to save these people or not? And so that they they, they go there, um, and, and Picard, which which Dave alluded to, you know, where Picard has has his come to Jesus moment. Um, you know, he says, uh, sitting here all these years, nursing my offended dignity rising books of history people prefer to forget i've never asked anything of myself at all i haven't been living i've been waiting to die and you know that's when he you know he he he, uh makes it makes a decision to go on this one last mission one more last quest to do do right by by data and try to save this other android uh uh, he was an advocate for Android rights during the next episode, Next Generation, and throughout. And you know that's one of his. That's going to be one of his last acts. Uh, you know, one of his last good works he can do. Mm-hmm. No, I hear that. I hear that. It's nice to see him tie in Bruce Maddox again. Yeah, there's a lot of good Easter eggs. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Just the, this episode alone. I mean. You, you, from the beginning, you see the Enterprise D, the, the ten forward. They're wearing the well. Data is wearing the first contact era uniform, but I can forgive that because that's a dream. And then the both of them wearing the, the the TV TV show next gen uniforms. And when Picard goes into that uh, storage locker, you oh, know there's yeah. there's there's stuff from. I mean, if you're if, if you if you're a fan of the show, you'll recognize stuff throughout <laughs> there. So, so yeah, they, they, they you know if you're a fan of Next Generation, they gave you some good Easter eggs or this episode, and they'll, and they'll 
keep giving you good Easter eggs throughout the series. Yeah. I love that line, though, the uh, T, Earl Grey, decaf. Decaf, yeah. Yeah, you know, it, 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 but, it, but it's so telling. Number one, it was signature, like, what did he ask from the replicator every time he went up? It was T, Earl Grey, hot. But this also, so it's an homage to that, but it's also an homage to his age, right? Yes. That now he drinks decaf tea because, you know... And yep. uh, but it's it's great. It's 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 still it's an homage. It is Picard. It's it's it's, it's his lines, you know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, if you're a fan of the series, I think I'm, I I cannot see how you could not have been sucked in by this first episode. Even even placing him at the wine the the, the at the chateau, right? Uh, it, it's a callback to like one of my favorite episodes. I was, we talked about this a long time ago that I was watching next generation with Kiefer and, you know, he has this outraises this, this, he has this in, in the one human moments, one of the human moments you see Picard after he's been abducted by the board, he's been the cutest. He comes back and he decides to go find himself by returning home to the family's chateau and he has this knock him out brawl in the mud with his brother. Uh, it is. It was one of the episodes that moved me to tears because you saw how human he was. And while you love Picard as a captain, you forget, you forget that he is very much a human being. And so to see the show set in this place where, it is a grounding for Picard in the midst of flying among the stars. I thought it was a great setting for it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a great setting. But well, uh we do we really don't meet we don't get all I mean the we I mean this episode really takes place on Earth. We we don't really encounter the ship that he's on or anyone yet. That's the next episode, right? Uh, maybe That's two like more episodes. Third. Yeah, yeah, third or fourth. Yeah. yeah. But we do get to the Borg ship that Dave alluded to earlier. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we get to that. We get to see a little bit of the Tal Shiar, but not so much like Picard's still on Earth at the end. And so, like, I'm thinking about the other characters that kind of play into the show. They're kind of introduced in the subsequent episodes. Uh, but this was a great setup for dealing with this idea of the synthetics, the the Romulans and the Borg, and introducing all of that into this storyline that how many episodes ran? Ten episodes in the season? That sounds about right. Yeah, it sounds yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, very good. Uh, I don't want to. We don't need to beat this to death here. But any other uh, anything else that we should say before we uh, wrap up the show? Um, you deserve better. <laughs> well, if we're talking about the whole series, um, uh, I, the, my my favorite episode was probably the one with Riker and Troy. I think I cried a little when I saw that. Um, yep. That's good. But Especially when Riker goes, shields up. Like, oh my God, he's back. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even the way he names his dog, what's his dog? His dog's name's like number one. Number one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just, <laughs> just perfect. You know. Mm-hmm. Pit, this, pit, this big pit bull of a dog. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, well, very good. Well, uh, so we would love to hear you listeners, your thoughts on Picard or how you felt it set up the series for you. You can obviously email us your thoughts at the sci-fi diner podcast at gmail.com or post them on Facebook. And we would love to hear from you as we look forward to that. Um, in four weeks, we will re- we will be reviewing the last of the Star Trek series that are currently out there, and then we will run through all the pilots that we've done. Uh, and but we'll be recording in about two weeks. And uh, do we have a plan for that show? Not yet. Not yet. So we'll probably talk about what's co- what's going on currently in science fiction. What's going on in our science maybe we can, maybe we can get Russ on that show. We can do a little bit of interview with Russ. I'll reach out to him, see if he is he's free in two weeks to uh to join us. Yeah, I think show. that would that would be awesome since he wasn't able to join us tonight. And uh mm-hmm. in April, don't we have a a sci-fi karaoke coming up? <laughs> it's been a long road going from here to anyways. Um I'm all for it. We need to do this. Mm-hmm. That's been burning in the back of my head. I can't wait to hear Miles sing. Yeah, you can. (laughs) (laughs) You can wait. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. Uh, Well, it's been great chatting, Picard, with you guys. It's a good trip down memory lane. It was good hanging out with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Always. Yep. Well, um, I believe that's about it. Again, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, and uh, can't wait to have M and Chrissy back on the show here in the upcoming weeks. And I uh, believe that's about it. So, uh, Miles, why don't you take us out of the show? All right. Till next time, good night and good luck. We'll see you. And go boldly. <laughs>